Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello. Hello. My name is Craig Fields. And I'm David Long. And welcome to week nine of Is It Worth It? The film review podcast where we go out of our way to see all the films in the cinema, even the bad ones, so you don't have to. So, David, what have we got coming up on today's show? Well, on today's show, we will be reviewing Avengers Infinity War. It's the third outing for the Russo brothers directing a Marvel film. And with such a mega cast, 18 films and uh, 10 years worth of those films to live up to, Everybody is asking the same question. Is this film worth seeing? And we will be telling you on today's show if it is. Indeed. Uh, We'll be taking a look at Wes Anderson's Isle of Dogs. Uh, We'll also be reviewing Ready Player One by the fantastic Steven Spielberg. Dwayne The Rock Johnson is back after Jumanji, now out on DVD, in this epic trial called Rampage. Indeed he is. Uh, We'll also be having a look at the horror-slash-thriller-slash-drama... Uh, a Quiet Place, starring Emily Blunt and John Krasinski. Yeah, you said it right. I did. <laughs> and finally, we'll be taking a look at Love, Simon, starring Nick Robertson, Jennifer Garner, and other some other good actors as well. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers for that, Craig. I'm sure they're delighted uh, yeah. you didn't name them. Um, as always, we want to hear from you guys, so if you'd like to get in touch with the show, then please email us at mymailisworthit.com at gmail.com or if uh, email is too outdated for you and you're a bit more modern why not get in contact with us on twitter at film is worth it or finally if you're right in the middle between modern and old and you're on facebook which everyone is then search for is it worth it on facebook or even newer is instagram yes craig has set up an instagram page for our wonderful podcast um, to get in touch with us on that as well, you can do so. Uh, the the tag the tag is I think it's film is worth it as well. It's something to do with film. Being is worth it worth it? it? <laughs> Just search is it worth it on on Instagram. You'll find us. You'll see our classic artwork on there, and you'll be able to know it's us. And yes, we've got some exciting news to share with you over the next one two weeks. We're just waiting on a few things, and um, with this exciting news, will will be many many prizes and. All sorts of wonderful things are happening. So to get those prizes, though, you do have to write in, give us your reviews, your your thoughts on the films that we've been to see and the films that you've seen as well, um, and, and you will be winning some prizes. Yeah, once we know what the prizes are specifically, we'll let you know to give you an even bigger incentive to get in contact with us. But the question that has been on everyone's lips, our viewers <laughs> have, have been impoverished and on our Japanese listeners on our United States yeah they've they have been worried and terrified that the podcast had finished but it isn't finished it is back and it's better than ever um and to answer that question um we've both been very very busy I've been on holiday and then I got the bubonic plague either on holiday or just after getting back from holiday and was actually in hospital with a very bad stomach Mm, and I've been doing a lot of freelance work and stuff so together out of the picture for a while, but yeah. this makes this, I suppose, a season two, but a not. It's, it's a continuation. It's, 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 it's episode nine. It's, it's episode nine. Week number nine, indeed. Um, and we're going to kick it off in the usual way with our dramatic box office rundown. This is the Box Office Rundown, brought to you by Is It Worth It? The Film Review Podcast. Yes, that's right. We're back for our Box Office Rundown as usual. So, David, when is this one for? This box office rundown is for the weekend of April 27th to 29th, 2018, surprisingly. Mm. And we do have 
some very surprising films in here, I think, in the middle of the box office rundown. So without further ado... We do. So we are going to kick off at the bottom, number 10. And we have a bit of a Marvel sandwich this week. So I've already given away number one. (laughs) But I think uh, everyone knew what was going to be at number one. But at number 10 is The Black Panther. Uh, grossed another 200 grand at the weekend. It's taken over 50 million in the box office over uh, a course of 11 weeks. And it's broken some records as well, I believe. Yeah, superb film, superb. Um, At nine, it's Steven Spielberg's Ready Player One, which we will be reviewing today. Uh, Above it at number eight is some sort of special edition Blade Runner. I think it's the director's cut and I think it was the secret screening um, company that have put this on for the weekend. Yeah. Um, well, not for the weekend, actually. It's been out for a while, actually. So. But yeah, that's back in. Uh, number seven, Truth or Dare, which neither of us have seen. No. As so of yet. We will touch upon this film next week. Next week. Yeah. And at number six, I do not believe it. Well, I sort of do believe it because I did predict, didn't I? Do you remember about 10 weeks ago I said this is going to be around for a few months? You did. I'm, I'm almost certain you said something else as well that it might not be sticking around that long. It could go either way. No, I think I said it would be sticking around like a bad smell. Oh, yeah, you did say that. I did. After a while. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, it it's still here. It's 18 weeks now. Hugh Jackman, uh, the greatest showman, has been in the box office. It, it's, it's, you can get it on Sky now, the Sky Store. Yeah. And I think it's due to come out on DVD imminently. Yeah, I think it's due out on DVD within the next week or so. Um. So I imagine everyone's seen The Greatest Showman. If you haven't, it's still in cinemas if you would like to see it. Well, we all, we've, we we did hear a story about somebody who went to see The we, Yeah, there's, a, there's a, a lady at our local cinema who has seen The Greatest Showman 34 times. Unbelievable. I can't, I'm, I'm not great at maths, but two hours ago, it's a, it's a couple, three to four days worth of Greatest Showman. Um, so many... If you are that lady, please do tell us why you've gone to see it 34 times. Um, But above The Greatest Showman at number five, we have James Corden and the awful film that is Peter Rabbit. Uh, I reviewed that on week number eight. Wasn't a fan of this film. And if you want to know why Wisson, Wisson? (laughs) Jonathan Wass coming out, uh, listen to week eight. Uh, in at number four, is it? Yes, it's number four. It is. Uh, we have Rampage, reviewed on today's show later on. Uh, it's been in the box office for three weeks now, and it grossed 0.7... No, £700,000 at the weekend. Or 0.7 million. Yeah, or 0.7 million. <laughs> <laughs> what did you get in GCSE maths? Not good. Did, I am not a math magician. Did you get a... Did you, get, did you pass? I believe so. It's such a long time it's ago. It's probably a C. Let's say you got a C. Yeah. Um, above that, at number three, we have another film that we're reviewing today, A Quiet Place, uh, starring Emily Blunt. That's been in the box office for a month. It's grossed just under £10 million. Um, and yeah, another <laughs> awkward silence. Um, the silence is all out for A Quiet Place. And above that, at number two, I'm going to let you say this, Craig. So at number two, we have the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. Fantastic. Got thank, that out. Thank you for getting that out. Um, that's been out for two weeks. And yeah, that took three million pounds uh, overall, a million this weekend. But at number one, what do you think it is? Have a guess. That's right. It's Avengers Infinity War. And just have a look at those statistics. That is remarkable. It's been out for a week and it has taken, well, on the weekend alone, 30 million pounds. On the weekend alone. Uh, and to put that into perspective, The Greatest Showman, which has been out for 18 weeks, has taken 45 million. Um, and I think you said this has actually broken a record, hasn't it? Yeah, I think it's the highest or grossing film of the opening weekend, I think it yeah. is. Um, we, we do obviously do this every week. We look at the box office every week, and that is incredible. I mean, Black Panther has grossed 50 million. So if the Avengers has taken 30 in the first weekend, we could be looking somewhere in the 60, 70 million pound for this film. Um, unless everyone who wants to see it has gone and seen it straight away. Yeah, I mean... I And it might actually have hit this massive number and it may not actually build on it, unlike mm. The Greatest Showman, which has been sort of, you know, slow and steady wins the race. It's a repeat watch for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, you've seen it how many times? Three now. Three um, I've just thought of something. Hmm. Um, 
for un- Cineworld Unlimited card holders, yes. are they included in the box office? I don't know. I think we're going to need to ask that question. I mean, I know it's only a ten or a ticket, but, you know, every little helps. I don't know how that incorporates into the box office, you know. Because if, yeah, I just had a thought. You know, the woman, perhaps the reason that The Greatest Showman's at number six is just because that woman <laughs> single in handedly. just has single-handedly grossed 45 million. She, yeah, she actually won the Euro Millions and has lost it all uh, at her local Hemel Hempstead Cineworld. I think she is an unlimited card holder, though. So, yeah, I think we're going to have to ask our friends at Cineworld um, whether or not the unlimited card affects the box office in any mm. way, shape or form. It Sorry to go do. off on a little tangent there. Um, but I'll do my usual rundown and try and not uh, mess it up, which would be nice. So at number 10, we have the Black Panther. Nine is Ready Player One. Eight, Blade Runner. Seven, Truth or Dare. Six, Hanging Round Like a Bad Smell, The Greatest Showman. Five, The Very Terrible Peter Rabbit. Four, Dwayne The Rock Johnson in Rampage. Three, A Quiet Place. Two, the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. And at number one, grossing £30 million, Avengers Infinity War. So we're heading straight on into our first film, which is The Avengers Infinity War. This film is directed by Anthony Russo and Joe Russo, so the Russo brothers. This is the uh, third film that they've done within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, First being uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, then the follow-up to that, which is Captain America Civil War. The, the Russo brothers quite clearly are very good at handling lots and lots of different um, Marvel characters within the film. They proved that in Civil War. Within Avengers Infinity War, they go one step further and having pretty much every single Marvel character from the Marvel Cinematic Universe in this film. So the question on everybody's lips is going to be, can they handle that? From my point of view... I think they handled the, the each individual storyline that was going on at the same time very well. Um, the pace for some of the parts may have been a bit up and down. Uh, there was a few scenes with with four that might have been a bit strange, but it's it's it's, it's a film about the bad guy in essence, mm. I think. Um, and we've got a clip here that really sums up what this film is about without giving away too much spoilers because you should know if you've been following the Marvel Cinematic Universe from day one with Iron Man, what's what's been woven in, the Thanos storyline has been woven in throughout all those films. So here's the clip. Tell me his name again. Thanos. He's a plague, Tony. He invades planets. He takes what he wants. He wipes out half the population. He sent Loki. The attack on New York, that's him. This is it. What's our timeline? No telling. He has the power in space stones. That already makes him the strongest creature in the whole universe. If he gets his hands on all six stones, Tony... He could destroy life on a scale hitherto undreamt of. Did you seriously just say hitherto undreamt of? Are you seriously leaning on the cauldron of the cosmos? No, As that clip quite clearly explains, Thanos has been this person who's been woven throughout most of the Marvel films, and has been building up this massive attack that's obviously going to be happening. We know that from the first Avengers film, that he was behind that. We got that at the end credit scene, so it's not a secret. It's not a spoiler for this film. That clip does very well in not spoiling any of the film, I think. Um, we know that the Affinity Stones have existed um, because they've been included in many of the other Marvel films that have been going on. Um, and Thanos is after all of those stones so that he can wipe out half the universe. So our group of superheroes that we know on Earth and in space, Guardians of the Galaxy, etc., have to fight Thanos, essentially. Um, You've seen this film once. You saw it today. Mm -hmm. You saw it in Super Screen. I've seen the film three times, twice in 2D, once in IMAX 3D. Um, For me, the emotional pull on this film was really good in 2D. I got the storyline. I got... I got a lot out of the film in 2D. Um, I could follow it a lot better. In IMAX 3D, I, the, the 3D nature of the film really took away a lot of... Uh, it took away the story for some parts of it mm. because I couldn't follow it because I was so overwhelmed by some of the 3D aspects of it that 
I couldn't follow it along. It, it was simply because I'd seen it in 2D previously that I could follow it a lot better. Mm. So you saw it in Super Screen, which was 2D as well. How were you able to follow that along? Did you get all the references? I know you're not a big Marvel <clears throat> cinematic fan. No, it's not that I dislike Marvel. It's just that I'm not as knowledgeable about the Marvel franchise as you are. I haven't seen all 18 of the films. Uh, I did see the first Marvel uh, Avengers film, and I really enjoyed that. And I think this film is is brilliant on super screen, and I imagine it's even better in IMAX. And I haven't seen it in 3D, and I don't want to, because having seen this film, I can tell you I completely understand where you're coming from. There is so much action, and there is so much to take in, but not only is there, is there a lot of action, there's a lot of drama, there's a lot of plot mm. movements, there's four or five stories running alongside each other. I don't think it needs 3D. I have yet to go to the cinema and see anything in 3D that, is, that has been worth seeing in 3D. Um, but uh, just on that train of thought that you've got at the minute with, mm. with, with the IMAX and the cameras and stuff, it was actually shot in IMAX 3D specifically. Mm -hmm. And... I think it's a real shame that they haven't got an IMAX 2D version because uh, there's no IMAX 2D. Not not out in the cinema that we've been going to see. Oh we'll need to look into it and just investigate and see if there is an IMAX 2D version. But right. as far as I'm aware, there is no IMAX 2D version. There is just a standard 2D version. There is a super screen that we've got at our Cineworld, um, but there is no IMAX version in 2D, mm. which would have been fantastic. Because I saw Black Panther in IMAX and I thought that was stunning visually. And that was in 2D, wasn't it? That was in 2D. Yeah. yeah. Um, anything else you want to say about this film or should I chip in a little bit? No, chip in a bit more because you were saying that you hadn't seen all of the films altogether. No, so I, I haven't seen all 18 of the films, but um, the, the plot's fairly simple. Um, it, it's made quite clear, which it's shown in that clip that we, we just played. What I did like about this film was, I mean, it's full of quality actors and actresses to start off with. So mm. it's got a fantastic cast. Um, there's some very good comedy in this. But slightly strange comedy, and I hope I make myself clear with this point because it's a bit of a weird one. The comedy works, so the comedy is funny, but at the same time, it feels somewhat out, out of place. So there are definitely moments in the film where you laugh out loud, but it's almost very forced. And watching it the first time, I wasn't quite sure whether that worked as, as a whole mm. film. So it definitely makes you laugh. So I'm not saying they aren't, you know, the funny bits aren't funny. They are, but they just feel a little bit forced. Yeah. Almost like... I completely see where you're coming from because for someone who's seen it three times now, there are some strange scenes with with Ford that really didn't play very well with me. Um, mm. There was some scenes with the Guardians of the Galaxy that, that didn't play as well as it, I'd expected it to go. Yeah, um, a, few, it, a few jokes do go flat and they're they a little do. bit gimmicky and you can see them coming. I mean, the first time I saw them, they were like, mm, yeah, that was funny. After the third time, you kind of feel them. Like, Actually, that doesn't feel right. Mm. Um, yeah, and that's, I think, how, that's how I felt. Yeah, and since for Ragnarok, which you've seen as well. That was um, much funnier than this. It was this. much funnier. Um, Chris Hemsworth had uh, did a lot of improvising, apparently, mm. for that film. And he did very well at that. And I think he's continued that improvisation with the other Chris, Chris Pratt, who's in yeah. uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy. And I think that them two improvising together maybe didn't quite so work so well. Do you know what it was? It, it, it It's not that the, some of the jokes weren't funny, because they were. It it, it, it felt cinema, too cinematic. Do you know what I mean? The way it was shot, it just felt a little bit forced. And the, the camera angles and then the zooming in, and it all felt a little bit too cheesy and superhero-y. And... Think of that in 3D as well. Yeah. And how off-putting... Yeah, that can be to, um, to that to that humor and to that so story. I think the the humor definitely added something, but it added it in a really sort of awkward way. Um, but overall, I think the film's slightly too long. I will say that I do think the film is a bit too long. That being said, I wouldn't want to see this split into two films. Well, it, it kind of is split. Well, into two well, it films. already is. But yeah. I'm saying this particular element of that story, I wouldn't want to see it over two films. Um, the pace of the film is fairly good. If anything, my criticism of the film is there is too much going on. Um, I often think that less is more. And you've got so many interesting characters, particularly Tony Stark. He's my favourite of, of all the characters. I love yeah. the Iron Man films. It's just a little bit like bang, 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 more and more characters. And it's just a little bit too much, I think. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just a bit too full on. And I think the poster 
is just let's put every single Marvel character in one film. Bar, put, bar two. Bar two. Put a massive poster up and it will make money at the box office. And that's what it's done. Do you done. know which two are missing? Um, <laughs> one of them it was at the end of the film. Well, I can't say. Well, we can't say. No, we, it would no, spoil no, it. He, we know, that, he no. was in the film if, if, you, if, you, if, if he was at the end of the film. Yeah, but so that's right at the end, so you don't want to give that away. There's two characters who we know isn't in the film because there's not, they're not on... As long as it's, it's been, not a spoiler. It's, well, it's, not, it's not a spoiler because they, they're not on the artwork uh, and it's been lots of talk about it online. Um, do you find out where they are in, within the film? As a, There's no spoiler there. You might find out. But it's Ant-Man and Hawkeye. Oh, yes, of course, yeah. Two pivotal characters, and they've been lacking from all the marketing material. They've been lacking from everything. Everyone's like, where have they gone? You do find out, mm. but it's rare, it's mentioned, and I don't. I don't think you got you got the reference, did you? No, I did. Uh, did. I did get the reference uh-huh, because good. there's a joke which I won't repeat, but there is a joke. Yes, yes. So good. I did 100 percent get the reference. Um, but obviously, not being as clued up on Marvel, I didn't realise the significance, perhaps, of that. Yeah, I think um, I think there is going to be some significant parts played. Yeah. So the last thing I'll say is we we spoke very specifically about the uniqueness, the originality of Black Panther, and I feel like that was a massive step forward for Marvel. Mm. I just feel like this is a step back into the comfort zone where they've where they've gone for everyone. Whereas I don't necessarily think you need that. That's just my opinion. I might be talking absolute hogwash. I um, I think they need this. They need to play this storyline out mm. um, to get them onto their phase three. I think it is or phase four, which um, will will bring in some uh, announced characters such as Captain Marvel. Um, Spider Man will be going um, back into phase three or yeah. phase four. Um, they, they, there's going to be apparent. Apparently, there's going to be a lot of characters that are not going into this next phase from our original phases that we all know and well and love. Mm. Who they may may be, we don't know. Even from this film, we still won't might not know what's going to happen um, because it is cliffhangery as hell, spoiler as hell. So we can't really say as much. So, but anyway, let's. Let, I think let's read out some of those comments. Yeah. So got, I some, I went to see it today. I got a few comments. Um, someone put definitely worth it. Amazing film. Uh, Ellis Wingrove said such a good film. Um, but someone else, Josh Hobbs, uh, sort of said you know not worth seeing unless you've seen the other one hundred billion. Uh, Marvel films, uh, and then you plan on watching the rest. He said he fell asleep. Um, Dan Caton said he came out really disappointed in the film. He said Thanos was a great uh, bad guy, but he came out wondering what was the point of it all. And I understand what he's saying there, but you can say that about all superhero films. You know, mm. it's always save the world or save the universe. And I said to you, how long can they keep that going for? Because the point of any superhero film is to beat the bad guy. Um, yeah, and the yeah. bad guy in this was very good. I think Joe Carter gives the best review though. Um, he said, definitely need to watch Age of Ultron, Civil War and Rangorok at the very least for context. Yeah. Much better if you've seen all 16 Marvel films, I think it's 18, but we'll forgive him, that lead up to it. A great film and considering that there's so much happening, they've done well to keep the same pace throughout the film and keep each storyline up to date separately as they merge together. Um, I yeah, think that's completely, a good point. completely agree. Um, on the Thanos point as well, I think Thanos is probably one of the most... Um, complicated yet difficult characters to understand within the Marvel Cinematic mm. Universe and especially as a bad he's he's got the most layers he's got the most um, pathos that you may even feel towards the him the actor's name escaped Josh me. Brolin Josh Brolin yeah. that's it um, he's a fantastic actor I won't yeah. list all of his films because we're running out of time I think he gives a great performance in this I think um, he does a fantastic job Real, behind all the sort of makeup and CGI CGI <laughs> CGI um, yeah I think there's a lot of emotion considering his face doesn't really move because he's just got that sort of big bald chin chin and, head <laughs> and there's just lots of flesh He, his voice the pitch pace tone hmm. um, quite an accomplished performance of all the characters I thought the, the, the one that was the worst and I really didn't think was very good was the Spider-Man um, I, I, I just was a bit too childish for me, a little bit too immature. I just didn't... Without going too much out on a tangent, but Peter Parker, within the comics, within... Or am I just thinking back to the Tobey Maguire one? You are, you are. 
Spider-Man is supposed to be that age. He is supposed to be immature. He, mm. he That is what he's all about. That is why he's one of the most significant characters in Marvel comic history. Yeah. Like I said, I may be talking rubbish, but I have quite fond memories of growing up watching Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, so maybe that's been planted in my See, head. My my memories are of the cartoon. Um, oh, yeah, of course. Which, well, I watched which, the cartoon as which well. Which I thought was a lot better than than than... than the old Spider-Man's. But anyway, I think we've waffled on too we long about this We have plenty of film. waffle there. Um, David, I'm going to ask you the question first. Yes. David, is this film worth going to see in the cinema? I think uh, Avengers Infinity War is definitely worth seeing in the cinema. If you're a fan of the Marvel films, you have to see it. It's not a case of is it worth it. If you're a fan of the Marvel films, you have to go and see it. Um, if you're not a fan of the Marvel films and you've never seen any of them, this might not be a bad one mm. to start off with. I know you won't have the context... But it's it's entertaining. It's a bit too long, in my opinion, but it's it's entertaining. I agree with most of the things that you said, apart from starting on this film, if you've not seen any of them. I think even if you're going to start on anything that's recent yeah, and, know, and is you... in the cinema, go and go and see Black Panther. Black Panther. Okay. It gives you a bit yeah, but of, can you imagine, you know, you, you get a text off your mate, do you want to see Avengers Infinity War? Oh, well, I can't. I haven't seen any other ones. Well, borrow these 16 DVDs. <laughs> yeah, 16, 17 DVDs. <laughs> and we'll go well. and see it next week when you've watched all of them. Yeah. But um, we do go on too long, but Infinity War, go and check it out. If you've scrolled through your Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or done anything remotely connected to the internet, you've probably seen an ad for a subscription service. Something like Dollar Shave Club, 5-4 Club, The Birch Box, and many, many more. You may be wondering, what is the big deal about subscription boxes? Well, Package Media is here to tell you all about them, but not just tell you about the box, but the person behind the package. Come join us and listen in as we interview the creators behind these businesses so that you can understand not only the product, but the passion behind their services. Come check us out at Packaged Media. We are subscribed. We are packaged. So the next film we're reviewing is Isle of Dogs, uh, directed by Wes Anderson. Uh, Wes Anderson has also uh, directed uh, the film Grand Budapest Hotel and another sort of uh, animation, Fantastic Mr. Fox. And this film follows on in a very similar style. It's very unique. It's very quirky. It's very quick-paced. And it's very bizarre it's also very brilliant. Um, I think this yeah. is a fantastic uh, film and it's got a, a, a really quite a simple plot. It's set in Japan uh, and the story basically follows a boy's journey in the search of his lost dog. So the emperor of Japan comes from a, a long line, uh, a long family line who... I think it's the mayor of uh, Kai, Kai, Kaibayashi. Ah, no, Isn't it's it? Mayor Kobayashi. That's it. Who's the mayor of Nagasaki? That's it? it. Yes. Yes. There you go. So sorry. So it's a so a, a, an important political figure who comes from a long family of important political figures who dislike dogs. And after an outbreak of very severe dog flu, um, he basically orders all dogs—that's stray dogs, pet dogs, show dogs—to be banished to the Isle of Dogs, which is basically. Um, Trash Island. Trash Island. Yeah. It's just an island full of rubbish. And when we say rubbish, we're not talking about like a rough area. It is just an isle of rubbish. Should we go to a clip? That... Yes. So in this clip, we have two packs of dogs, both starving hungry, who are about to fight over one fresh bag of said rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Before we attack each other and tear ourselves to shreds like a pack of maniacs, let's just open the sack first and see what's actually in it. It might not even be worth the trouble. Uh, what do you think? Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe. Uh, Hi. A rancid apple core, two worm-eaten banana peels, a moldy rice cake, a dried-up pickle, tin of sardine, bones, a pile of broken eggshells, an old smushed-up rotten gizzard with maggots all over it. Okay, it's worth it. Get out of here and don't come back. So uh, that is one of my favourite clips from the whole film, and it epitomises the style of humour that Wes Anderson uses. Very... Yep. Quick, very sharp, 
Um, and there is a lot of humour in this, and it comes thick and it comes fast. But the reason this is such a good film isn't just because it's funny, because it is funny. It's also very moving. So 100%. Yeah. A dog has always been man's best friend, so you immediately have uh, a relationship with the, the, the main dog in the film, but also the sort of surrounding uh, four, five, six dogs in the film. Um, so you've not only got comedy, you've got good a good emotional pull as well. Um, it's suitable for all ages. So the kids are going to love this because it's a, a film about a, a boy trying to find his lost dog. And the adults will love it because there is some visually very funny humour and there's also some really subtle humour, very intelligent humour that kids will not pick up on. Um, and it's well made, it's well told, um, beautifully animated, very, very clever. Um if you've seen Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is also by Wes Anderson, it's very similar in style to that. I watched that again recently. It's available on Netflix. Fantastic Mr. Fox is also brilliant. Uh, and this is just as good, uh, if not better. It's it's a really superb film. Yeah, I, I love Wes Anderson's style. I love the Grand Budapest Hotel. Mm. And I really especially loved this film. I've seen, I saw it twice in the cinema and I went to the exhibition in London as well, where you could see, um, all of the, um, props sets, all of the, um, actual dogs that they used, um, to animate, that they animated. And it was really, really quite impressive. This is, this was a real labor of love that Wes Anderson put into this film. And you can see it like with, with the hairs on the dogs and the way the hair moves in the wind and, mm. and little things like that. That is serious animated work there, stop motion animation as well, I might add. Um, and that takes some serious effort to do so. Um, I mean, I found myself coming out of the cinema feeling great um, emotional pull towards my own dogs. I wanted to go home and I wanted to see see my dogs and, and actually like, um, give them a hug. You know, that's that's one of the things that I really liked about the film. And I mean, there's there's, there's a massive cast of people in this film. Uh, Brian Craston being up there. I mean, let's have a look. Who else have we got? Uh, Edward Norton, Bill, Bill Murray, Murray, Jeff Goldblum. It's huge. Get a, uh, Greta Gertwig as well. Uh, Francis Gerwig. McDormand. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, Scarlett Johansson. It's huge. Um, yeah, it's, it's you know, that... <laughs> There's not really much more we can say about this film other than I think it's 100% worth it. Yeah, yeah. David, is it worth it? <laughs> uh, surprise, surprise, yes. Uh, Isle of Dogs by Wes Anderson um, is is worth it. It's one of the. He's a brilliant director, but this has to be one of the best films he's made. It's very unique, very funny and very moving. Go and check it out at the cinema. I agree. It's worth going to see. Welcome back. It's now time to review Ready Player One, directed by the fantastic Steven Spielberg. Unfortunately, I haven't seen this film uh, due to the bubonic plague, uh, but Craig has. Therefore, you have the privilege of a solo review, a hand solo from <laughs> a little plug there from our good friend, Mr. Fields, Craig. So Ready Player One takes a look at uh, 80s pop culture references, video games galore, uh, and Spielberg basically just geeking out at a lot of <laughs> things that he's been involved with and obviously things that he hasn't been involved in as well, but have great significance to the world. Um, pop culture referencing why sci-fi books, mm. films, everything could be you could possibly think of. So our main character, uh, Wade, he is... Um, an avid per gamer in the Oasis. Uh, most people in the world now live within the Oasis. Now, the Oasis um, essentially was a, a virtual reality world that you put on some virtual reality goggles and gloves and get on to like a weird escalator thing. Uh, and you basically play the game. Um, but when the creator of the game died, he left his fortune within the game and so there's all these easter eggs planted around the game that you have to find um and it's up to wade and his friends to find these keys um you know spielberg really had a great time making this film it's quite evident it really is um there's there's obviously the the split between the reality and, and non-reality world and i thought going into this film that it was going to be very difficult for me to um sort of get into both those elements because obviously you have avatars in, in, in the Oasis and the avatars are going to be very different to the person who are, who's in reality. And the only difference you get is their, or the only similarity you get is their voice because mm. anybody can be whoever they want to be in the Oasis. That's the whole point of it. 
Um, but I found myself, you know, getting quite familiar with the characters in 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 reality and in non-reality world. And and there were, uh, you know, there was a lot of challenges that they had to go through that you felt a lot of pathos for the characters. But it did fall flat in some places. Um, it, you know, the film is two hours and twenty minutes long, and I did find myself mm. sort of finding myself almost for, not falling asleep, but just getting very getting very comfortable and disconnected from 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 the characters at, at, mo- at some points within the film. But Spielberg does a terrific job at action scenes. I mean, there's some fantastic racing scenes within this film. Um, that features heavily a DeLorean um, from Back to the Future. Mm. Um, the Iron Giant reference that's in there is absolutely wicked. I love the Iron Giant film. Um, and there's there's a lot of references that, you know, actually I didn't quite get, but, I mean, there'll be a lot of geeks uh, and nerds out there who will just love this film. For and also, you weren't it. around in the 80s, Craig. No, I wasn't. But, I mean, you got you the gaming references in there mm. for the Super Nintendo, Sega Mega Drive, all of those things... A little that, bit over your head, but no, not. I wouldn't say all of them were over my head, but I mean, I, back in the nineties, you know, I was a big fan of Super Mario and who wasn't? Um, all of those sort of games. I mean, and, and uh, you know, we had a Sega Mega Drive in the house as well that used to be my dad's. So, you know, <laughs> old school. We did play some of the old school games, and the references were there. I mean, this was based on the book as well, which to begin with, when the book came out, did very very well, and then all of a sudden, it a lot of people were like, oh, "This isn't that great." Um, I'm not sure the reasons why that was, but there was a lot of um, talk about that on the old interweb and the few comments that I've seen that, that the book wasn't great. I would like to read the book to, to get um, a good reference to you know, what it's like, but it's out on IMAX. It's out in 3D as well. I didn't see it in 3D. I just saw it in normal 2D. Um, it's definitely one of those films that you have to go and see in the cinema without a mm. doubt because of the brilliant action sequences, the, the vivid colour, the CGI, um, all of those elements of the film is worth going to see in the cinema. Whether it's worth seeing in IMAX 3D like Avengers, I I, I, I didn't think the Avengers were worth going to see in IMAX 3D but because um, I, I always feel 3D t- uh, detracts from the story. Um, but I have a feeling it might be somewhat worth it because the story mm. takes a bit of a backside yeah to to the graphics and the elements within that so possibly it is um so yes this film you haven't even asked me the question you yeah, don't I'll... need to ask me the question do you well, well on, I, I suppose but, it's um, tradition ha- having not seen the film craig thank you very much for the review uh, and i think i know the answer but nonetheless craig <laughs> uh, ready player one is it worth it yeah it's definitely it's definitely worth going to see in the cinema it's a cinema film without a doubt so, yeah. thank you very much You actually started recording. Yeah. Oh right. Okay. Well, let's. Uh, that's enough of that. Um, <laughs> enough of that nonsense. So our penultimate film review is, as Craig has just alluded to with his stupid whispering, uh, is <laughs> that's just mean. A, a quiet place, uh, starring the ever brilliant um, Emily Blunt. Now, when I saw the trailer for this film, mm. I was not looking forward to it at all. I thought. This looks cheesy. This looks... It looks like a film that's set up to fail. I thought yeah, this it... is going to have to be a very well-acted and directed piece of cinema for this to work. Yeah, I, I completely agree. We both looked at each other when we saw the trailer come out. We're going, this is going to be terrible. This yeah. is really going to be a stinker. Because we've seen a lot of bad horror films since we've started this podcast, including uh, the new Insidious film, Winchester. And I, I, I genuinely thought... This was going to be in that kind of uh, level. And I've got to say, in my opinion, it's the polar opposite. Mm. Uh, I thought this was a fantastic film. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Obviously, the the name alludes to the fact that this film is basically pretty much a silent film. It's not silent. There is obviously sound, but there's not a lot of dialogue. I think it was 45 minutes into the film I made it out before we actually heard the the first piece of 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 dialogue yeah, proper dialogue yeah and what the story basically is is it's a post apocalyptic world something has gone very very wrong we don't know what 
uh, to start off with, but, you know, streets are deserted, everyone's tiptoeing around very quietly, and what becomes evident is that there's been some sort of creature or alien invasion, and that these creatures hunt um, humans or, or any living animal, for that matter, using sound. So they have incredibly phenomenal sense of hearing. Therefore, the people who have survived have to live a life where they make no noise whatsoever. And that's portrayed really, really well in the film. Uh, and what impressed me most about this film was the fact that there was great character development. So even without dialogue, you got to know and like each character, particularly the youngest girl um, played by um, Millicent Simmons, um, who's actually deaf. Now, that's really, really clever because they're living in a world where there's not a lot of sound, but the sound that there is is so, so important. It's so important for them to be able to hear the sound they're making, for them to be able to sense what's going on. And the fact that she's deaf makes it even more scary for yeah, her. Yeah. Uh, and the director very, very cleverly moves from a normal perception of the world to her perception where it is completely... Yeah, which he does absolutely superbly. And, and we must mention that the director actually is... The, one of the stars of the film is mm. John Krasinski. I've said that yep. right. Um, who is actually incidentally also married to Emily Blunt, who is also one of the stars of the film. Yeah, their husband and wife Hus in the film. Yeah, um, and and you know the he's done a superb job. I think this is his uh, directorial debut, debut. Um, to the, to the filming world, um, and just. What a great film. Mm. I really was taken aback by how great the film was and, and also how great the audience was as well within yeah. within the cinema. There was there was a, an age range of so many different people in there and I was expecting the younger part of the audience to be really disrespectful. Mm. But actually, the film does a really great job of maintaining people's behaviour in there because yeah. they know they have to be quiet. quiet. Mm. I don't know what happened there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just choked on his own tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, like I mean, there was a group of kids in there that had like donuts in like a plastic mm. oh, right. container, and, and I was thinking, God, don't you dare open it! But they were like really yeah, respectful yeah, yeah. in like tr they really wanted to eat it and opening it really quietly, mm. and and I thought that was I think it, the way it, it managed to do that. Mm. One thing I will say great. is, if you want to go and see this, I really don't recommend purchasing popcorn or anything like that simply no. because a lot of this film is either dead silent or, or almost near silence and any movement any rustling is quite audible to the rest of the uh people watching the film like i said it's it's a horror but it's also a sci-fi but actually at the heart of this film i think it's a drama you really get sucked into the the life of this family and you're really rooting for them and it's a great success, mm. and I really wasn't expecting it to be. No, there are a couple of negatives that I take away from this film. Uh, the, the thing, the ending, importantly, I thought was a bit. Uh, it was just a bit unwanted and unneeded. I mm. think um, they built it up, and it was just this explosion of. I don't know. It just wasn't cool, if you know what I mean. It it it, it just didn't wasn't. Yeah, I would obviously don't want to say too much about no, the no, ending uh, for spoilers. Yeah, I know what you mean. the The ending was a little bit different to the rest of the th the film, um, the the style and the themes. The ending almost felt like someone else had directed it. So I know what you mean, um, but I don't think that detracts from the overall experience. No, of the film. definitely not. And it's, it's only a small it's a negative. Uh, I mean, you've got to put some negatives on this film. Another one would be like um, some of the humour within the film. There is small little little bits of humour. Um, but and and then the the but the positives in there are obviously going to be the bits where you are jumping out of your seat mm. with suspense. I mean, there's one scene in particular that uh, that involves stairs and a nail, um, oh. which really had me going. Yeah, really bad. I was, um, that was terrible. No more spoilers. No, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, there's no spoiler there with that. Um, Is there? It's been out long enough that people true. probably um, see it. Most people probably have seen it, but if you haven't, go and see it. Craig, ask me the question. I, I, ask me the question. Oh. I think I've asked you more. I don't think you have. I definitely have. Just ask me. Oh, it's all about me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Craig, again. Oh. A Quiet Place, is it worth it? Yes, it has to be seen in the cinema. I think with other people around you, 
you have to see yeah, it with yeah. other people. It's good in the cinema. What, yeah. It's good atmosphere. Yeah, and but don't take really, popcorn. No, and it really holds you in suspense because it's in the cinema. Because when those loud noises do happen, mm. Christ, does that does that put you on edge? Uh, so yeah, go and see it. Welcome back. We are taking a very brief look, I think, at this film. Yeah. Uh, this is Rampage. Uh, this is starring... Big meets bigger. That's the, that's the slogan on the, uh, on the old poster. <laughs> uh, what an absolute ridiculous film. Dwayne The Rock Johnson is the only person, I think, mm, who I think could have right. taken on this film. There's a scene within this film, I'm just going to dive straight into this, where, where The Rock fist pumps the ape. Only The Rock can get away with mm. that. Only Dwayne can get get away with it, that. It's actually a, a, a gorilla. Um, Silverback gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just I didn't want anyone emailing in. I listened to your podcast, and that is and not a gorilla. That is Anasaurus Thraxorus, the ape. <laughs> Sorry, no, that is not an ape. That is a gorilla. No, it's definitely a gorilla. It is a gorilla. Quite but a it's albino. One. It's an albino gorilla. Oh, it's look. Before you go on to your review, I haven't seen the film. I am going to see the film because it, I just want to see how ridiculous it is. Mm, you know, gorillas, huge crocodilians. It's, well, this, well let, let's, let is there a you, plot? Let me tell you the plot. Let me tell. <laughs> let me tell you the plot. Loose as a Dwayne wizard sleeve, Rock I Johnson imagine. <laughs> is this uh, prime primatologist, prime, prime primatologist of some sort. He's some sort of tologist. Yeah. And and uh, he's his mate is is the gorilla, uh, they're they're mates. Right. Um. And then one day this weird thing on a that's been taken. Uh, there's an experiment that's taking place in space, and somehow the pathogen gets out, crash lands in the place where the gorilla is. Well, it's convenient. And the convenient. gorilla breathes it in and starts to transform into a bigger. So it's gorilla. basically on steroids. Yeah. So um, and, and, and at least, two... at least, at least, Dwayne the Rock Johnson's got a bit of company then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the there's there's two other uh, asteroids that hit that hit the Earth, or asteroids, or some sort of meteors that come from the space station that cause two other animals to evolve rapidly into different kind of creatures. There's a wolf and there's a crocodile. Oh God! And yeah. Tell them about the wolf. The wolf. The wolf can fly. So a huge flying wolf, a giant gorilla. And, a and an even bigger crocodile, a, a huge crocodilian. Oh, and, and and it it takes Dwayne the Rock Johnson and and his pa- and his pal the gorilla to to stop these creatures from 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 destroying Chicago, basically. Mm. And that's the film summed up in literally a minute, really. Um, before it, I ask I mean, you the question, I mean, no, don't ask me the question just yet. I think yeah, before I, is. <laughs> How bad is it? Or is it actually... Is it so bad and is it so Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Because I know he gets a bit of stick, but in Jumanji he was he was superb and he was perfectly yeah. cast. I, I mean, no one's going to go and see this if they want a serious piece of drama, are they? Let's no, no, be no. honest. This, it, it's not bad. Okay. okay. It's absurd and completely ridiculous, but highly entertaining. Mm. And, and there, there was nobody else... Other than Dwayne the Rock Johnson, that I would have thought could be in the role. It's not the sort of thing Tom Hanks would be doing, is it? <laughs> I mean, it could be hilarious watching Tom Hanks doing this, fist pumping a gorilla, not an ape. Um, um, but uh, yeah, so it 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 was enjoyable because of how absurd it was. So you can ask me the question now, Craig Rampage, not starring Tom Hanks, although that would be great. Is it worth it? Um. Yes, if there's nothing else in the cinema that you want to go and see, uh, if you, I mean, uh, now Rampage is going to be taking on Avengers. Yeah, so it's got no chance. It's got really. no chance now. Everybody's going to go and see Avengers. But if you've seen Avengers and you really don't want to go and see Avengers again and you want to go to the cinema, Rampage is going to be for you. If you like weird, absurd, if you stuff. like giant animals smashing the shit out of things, yeah, we might have to bleep that out. I'm not sure I can say that anymore, but yeah. That's Rampage in a nutshell. <laughs> you can beat that out, can't you? I'm 
So, ladies and gentlemen, we are coming to the end of the show, but uh, last but not least is the film Love, Simon. Um, now, I was absolutely dreading this film uh, coming out when I saw it um, advertised, when I saw the trailers. I thought it looked really stereotypical, uh, really predictable. Um, and what the story is about, it's about a guy called Simon, uh, surprisingly, uh, who is uh, gay. And he's secretly gay and his friends don't know, his family don't know. Um, obviously, no one at his school knows. Um, and what happens is the school he goes to, they seem to have this sort of social media page where people can anonymously post stuff. And it's often full of gossip and stuff like that. And someone posts on there that they are gay. And Simon sees this and he's obviously like, oh, you know, thank goodness I'm not the only person. He gets hold of that person's email and they start email each other, emailing each other in private. Neither of the uh, people who are emailing each other know who the other one is, but they know that they obviously share this one thing in common, that they're both gay, that they haven't come out, and, and that nobody knows. And this is a coming-of-age story, but it's also a story about a very important subject and a very sensitive subject. Um, and I think one of the funnier uh, parts of the film... Uh, that sort of really addresses the issue of homosexuality uh, head-on is shown really quite brilliantly in this clip here. I've been thinking about why I haven't come out yet. Maybe it's because it doesn't seem fair that only gay people have to come out. Why is straight the default? I have something I need to tell you. Mom, there's something I have to tell you. Can, can we talk? Yeah. I'm straight. I'm straight. I'm sorry, Mom. It's true. <laughs> I like girls. <coughs> I like men. You get that from your dad, is that? I'm in love with Nick. Mm. I feel like I've been raising a stranger. Yes, absolutely. You have. Metrosexual. Oh, God. Help me, Jesus, please. I, I really love that clip. I think that really sums up a lot about this film, that how people are obviously different, so why can't they have a film that's about these people who are who are different? Why does it always have to be the stereotypical coming of age film about a, a straight person? And, and, and I really love that clip because it really does highlight that point quite, quite plainly. Um, now, all day today, when, since you've seen this film, you've been alluding that you've got either some very strong points about the film that, that are going to be controversial in some way, possibly, unless you've just been winding me up. But I'm, I'm dying to know what, what you thought. So as you know, I hated the trailer and was really not looking forward to this. And having seen the film, uh, I thought it was an absolute triumph. I honestly adored it. Oh, brilliant. Because I really did think that you were going to say something <laughs> bad <laughs> for some reason. No, um, I went into this film because of the subject matter, terrified that they would go down either a real predictable route mm. or a real preachy route, i.e., um, you know, homosexuality is acceptable. Yes, I know that. You know that. We agree with that. But I was worried that it was going to become quite a sort of forceful, aggressive film, like really being like in your face. And it wasn't. It was the complete opposite. It was so laid back. It was so chilled. Um, the, the main actor who played Simon... Uh, was absolutely perfectly cast uh, for this film. Nick Robinson, who's also in the uh, new Jurassic uh, Park films. Like you, um, we was talking about earlier, he's just a very normal guy. And not that I mean, you can... You can't describe... Yeah, you yeah. can't say def define normal. You can't define but normal, but what do I mean? So, so he's not, you know, he's not camp. He's not in your face. He's not... There's nothing outwardly gay yeah there's nothing stand out about him he's yeah. just a nice guy with his own problems and he is simon yeah he is simon the fact that he is gay actually although it is the point of the film it isn't the point of the film because the point of the film is he is just simon and the fact that he's gay doesn't matter. It's neither here nor there exactly um and the director takes you on a a, a really brilliant journey actually so um with any film like this you have to get emotionally connected to the characters i immediately did get emotionally connected to the characters um the tension was built well 
Um, the the script is very good. The subject matter is 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 handled with with comedy, but also with really serious drama. Um, it was uh, a fantastic film. Of all the films I've seen since doing this podcast, my favourite three were Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle, and um, Journey's End. And the reason I love those three films is they're risky films. Three mm. Billboards, risky subject matter. Jumanji remaking a cult classic starring the late great Robin Williams, risky. Um, Journey's End, taking a great play and putting it in the th- th- uh, cinema, risky. This was a big risk. This had the potential to be dire. This could have been awful trash, and it wasn't. It was fantastic. And it's it's uh, it's in the top three, four films I've seen in the last four months. It was brilliant. So that is so unexpected from from for me to hear because today you have literally been alluding that you've. I, I've, I've been got... winding Craig up because I said I hated the trailer and mm. I got a little bit political, maybe a little bit unPC, and I said, "Oh, I can see where they're going to go with this film. It's going to be in your face. It's just going to be predictable. It's going to be cheesy, cliche." It wasn't. This no, is a fantastic film. Yeah, it's definitely not cliched at all. Um, yeah, what, what was he going to say? Only criticism. Mm. Some of the comedy misfires a little bit, I think. A few jokes go a bit flat. And the guy who plays the deputy head teacher, mm. uh, the deputy principal, is thoroughly annoying. Yeah. Um, now, I don't know whether that's superb acting and superb casting, and he's supposed to be that really annoying teacher, but it, it, it's annoying in like an, it's a slightly awkward way. I don't think he brings much to this film detracts actually if anything from the main characters but nick robinson's perfectly cast as simon um jennifer garner um as emily which is simon's mom she was well. great there was a great scene between them um and uh, the parents as well both yeah. simon's parents are both give quite emotional monologues and oh it's a, it's a great film i think have you asked me the question no i haven't I've david <laughs> rambling on i think i know the answer to this question mm. but is it worth it this film is 100 percent worth it it's also a pg um, which means that it's suitable for uh, people of all ages. I think it's a great film to sort of educate teenagers. I think it's an important film for adults. Um, I think this is a, an absolutely uh, fantastic film. And I think it's also very... Um, it's great for people who are of a similar age to Simon mm. that really are struggling to, to come out. And mm. and, and if, if they see this film, I'm hoping that they, it will encourage yeah. them to, to be able to, to find their voice and be able to say that this is who I am, yeah. accept me for who I am. Um, it's not a big deal. Um, That's I, the point, isn't it? It exactly. gets that across so well exactly. that he is still Simon and he just happens to be yeah. gay. And it's... it's. I mean, there's been tons of celebrities who, who, who are gay that I've been buying um, cinemas out in mm. the US so that people can go and see the film for free because they believe it's yeah. so poignant um, and, and needs to go and see it. So it's, it's very, it's culturally ref, uh, relevant of, of this time. Yeah. And absolutely. When we were, you know, we're both in our mid twenties, 10 years ago, this film would never have been made. Definitely not. Um, and it wouldn't have been well received, but honestly, uh, believe it or not, it's definitely in the, it's in the top five films of this year uh, for me. I Fantastic. Agree. I agree. Um, so that as we wrap up, Craig's just looks horrified, shocked. No, I'm just. I'm pleased. Uh, I'm pleased. I liked it. No, I'm pleased. You but no, it as well. I, but I really liked it, Craig. <laughs> I, if I made that clear, I really like this film. <laughs> well, uh, we're going to wrap up today's show now. Um, so thank you for listening to Is It Worth It? Um, listen out for an extra podcast that we're going to put out this week for some of the films that we've missed. I think that's what we're going to do. Um, oh yeah. So we have missed, um, I mean, there's the Guernsey Literary and Potato Pill Pie Society, um, Blockers. Um, there's Pacific good, Rim uh, Uprising. Pacific Rim Uprising. There's a few films that we're going to do as a little special extra that we'll put out sometime. Either a special extra or touch upon it at the start of next week. Depends what we've got next yeah, week. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes with our schedules and everything. Mm. But we, we, wanna, we do want, still want to let you know what we thought about those films. Yeah, wherever, we do. Even if they're not in the cinema anymore. I know some of them are, but some of them might be leaving the cinema. And as always, uh, please do get in contact with the show. Craig, how can they do that? Well, to get in touch with us, you can email us. My mail is worthit at gmail.com. I'm struggling because I haven't done that for so long. Or you can tweet us at filmisworthit. Yep, or if you're a Facebook user, which we know everybody pretty much is, unless you've deleted Facebook. How about that Facebook. interview with Zach Mark Zuckerberg? Well, the, the Cambridge Analytica 
things that have gone just, down or is there something new no that him? interview with him when he was investigated and his face he looked like a robot oh because of Cambridge yeah oh. there's uh, many people have deleted Facebook I think but if you want to look us up on Facebook <laughs> I'm just saying Mark Zuckerberg what a weird bloke <laughs> he is weird he's a he's, robot he, isn't he? he's, I don't know if he's human but um, he's definitely not human um, yeah so get in contact sorry I went off on a tangent there massive tangent but it's fine <laughs> because Facebook is still somewhat relevant and, and yeah, fairly now. relevant well at least I went off on a tangent so we can end with an argument like we normally do yeah I mean Instagram as well as we were saying earlier you can hit us up on that it is actually just search is it worth it and or it you can go up. on Tinder and swipe right for David <laughs> <laughs> or Bumble and swipe or right Bumble, for... yeah. I'm having a terrible time on these dating apps <laughs> I really am I don't know what's going on but if, if if you're listening to this show and you see David Long give me a swipe right because nobody is I don't know it's my balding head or it can't be my personality because that ain't on there <laughs> great way to end the show <laughs> yeah I think it is so, all by myself. Don't, Don't wanna be all by myself. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next week.